afternoon, Father. Good afternoon, John Ray. It is a good afternoon, and it's never a good afternoon when we record. It's it always t- a good morning. Yep, it's typically a good morning right after Carline, uh, the drop-off, right, for school at St. Pius. But sure. today, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and I say that because uh, the Life Team Music Ministry, so we're going to date this episode, episode 56, 56. Um, is uh, is rehearsing for the 5 p.m. Mass as the week logistics of Lent have taken over. Yes. We're uh, modifying and adapting. So enjoy the music, uh, listeners, if y'all can hear it. Yeah, I, I actually have no idea if you'd be able to hear it, but we can kind of hear it faintly uh, because they're practicing, but we are in a soundproof confessional. So well, I guess so we'll that. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we've determined exactly, you know, we're the first Sunday of Lent. Yes. The Maybe first, we'll start there. Well, we were kind of talking about different topics uh, we can go over today. Uh, first Sunday of Lent, I know last week we talked about how to, you know, embrace the suck, huh? And how to uh, go about I actually Lent. took that episode and sent it to my two teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, the right mindset, right? Because Christ came not to establish laws and stuff, but he came to change our heart. Mm-hmm. So like in my heart, what am I, how am I encountering Lent and what's the motive behind it? And so to go about it that way, maybe you're able to do less because of that, or maybe you're able to do more. And that's, that's beautiful both ways. Right? Yeah. It's, it's all about because God's encountering our heart. Well, uh, so this week, first week of Lent, um, tomorrow, no, Tuesday. So right after. So yesterday. Yesterday. I mean, by the time this episode launches. It will be yesterday for everyone. Yep. Uh, we began uh, our four-part series um, that I'm doing on Tuesday evenings from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the Parish Life Center. Uh, the talks are kind of ge- general theology talks uh, for college age on up. It's 30, 45-minute talks with Q&A after. And that's why I say college on up. It's not because, like, in the talks we're talking about something very sensitive. It's just that if someone has a sensitive question, I want them to have the freedom sure. to ask that question. And so this first one was on sacred scripture. Uh, the next one will be on the seven sacraments. Uh, seven sacraments. Why are there seven? What in the world is a sacrament? Oh, so we're not deep diving in the sacraments. Oh, we will. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll go into the sacramental economy. We'll go into okay. all. So, but uh, these are all questions that I had during seminary, essentially, and that I'm going to cover. Because mm-hmm. while everyone in seminary went to like, they just seemed so far ahead of me. I was kind of asking questions that uh, was embarrassing to ask, but it wasn't that embarrassing for me because it's just kind of my personality. But I want to be able to address why there are seven sacraments that Council of Trent broke that open for us. What is a sacrament versus a sacramental? Uh, where do they come from? Um, and that, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and how do they work in the salvation? Right. So what about someone that doesn't participate in the sacraments? And then my, our third one will be on morality. Uh, where does morality come from and where is it going? And then the final one, since it'll be so close to Good Friday, Holy Week, uh, it won't be necessarily a theology talk. It will come from both prayer and study, though. Uh, it'll be on the seven sorrows of our Blessed Mother. Mm. This was a talk. That one is probably the that'd be the one, you know, that. There's been a few talks that I could say, like, are better than others. That's probably been my, as of right now, I think that's my best one. That's been an image that I've had since uh, Thursday at Mass. You celebrated mm-hmm. Mass Thursday. Uh, my family and I came to noon Mass, and you gave that image of um, 
at least I think it was Thursday, maybe it was Ash Wednesday, you gave the image of sitting with Mary through Lent, mm-hmm. like being with Mary at the foot of the cross through Lent. And I just, yeah. and that was a powerful image to, yeah. to be with her mama's heart, watching her son do what he did. Yeah. And so that one, I remember Father Michael Champagne with the Community of Jesus Crucified asked me to give uh, a talk on their, uh, for their study days, the community, the religious and the lay people there. And uh, for people who don't know Father Champagne, he's, uh, he's extraordinarily smart, very gifted, and, it, and his zeal surpasses uh, enormously, for sure. Has anyone ever said that y'all have a lot of the same mannerisms? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's uh, so like the way that you enunciate things. I'm like, man, did yeah. he like hang out with Father Michael Champagne? He we we actually hang out a lot. Okay, <laughs> makes so sense. So he now. uh, and so when he asked me to give a talk uh for his community, I was kind of praying with. Him. I said, "What about the seven sorrows of Mary?" And he said, "Yeah, that sounds good." And so I put a lot of put a lot of work into that one because you were I nervous. Oh well, I wasn't <laughs> nervous, but I wasn't going to miss the ball on that one. Sure. I mean the. They're a faithful community, and so I wanted to make sure that I was able to provide in some small way for him. And so that'll be our last one. And, and so this week we began it with Sacred Scripture, a four-part series during Lent. It's a good way to kind of toe-tap into a uh, more mature way of encountering the faith, mm. which is what I want for people. Sure. And, I mean, look, this is a, an excellent opportunity for you to take on something during Lent. Right. Yep. Take on something where you're going to learn more about your faith. You're going to grow in your knowledge of your faith, you know? And so, with that being said, our gospel. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Well, for the— A lot happens in the gospel. Well, with all of the readings, they're all kind of connected. With the beginning of Lent, the first weekend of—the first Sunday of Lent, I think, last year it was, and this year, and so maybe next year it will be too, but I, I believe the first week of Lent, it's always Jesus going through the desert. It is. Uh, to encounter Satan and the temptations. Do we deviate from the, I don't, I, I think we hear the same Lenten readings every year, huh? Maybe the different, uh, it might be, um, but coming from different gospels. Maybe so. And the different gospels emphasize different things. Now and, I got to do some research. Yeah. So like last year, the, uh, the, the sins were kind of, or what t- Satan tempted Jesus with was worded a bit differently and even in a different order. Mm. Uh, and there's, there's reasons for that. Sure. You know, to where both can be true, right? But for this week, we began with Genesis, the temptation of Adam and Eve, which I gave a talk on the Beatitude series, Blessed Are the Pure of Heart. I actually went into the temptations that Satan set forth for both Adam and for Eve and how from those temptations we can actually see how men and women are tempted differently. The way that men and women encounter temptation is different. Mm. And the way that they solve those temptations or overcome those sins are different. The sins may be the same for both men and women, but the motives come from different places. I I find it quite interesting. um, And and we've talked about this a little bit uh, and you've done it. Exodus 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alicia and some of the women are doing Fiat 90, which is like the women's version of Exodus 90. And I, I find it quite interesting how different the asceticisms, the sacrifices are that, mm-hmm. that the minute, and it's because it, it touches on where we're tempted. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I gave kind of a, probably about a 30 minute, 45 minute talk on, on that. 
just expounding on that reading. So I'm going to try to not reference that because then we wouldn't get to the gospel. <laughs> or maybe we should, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. But so the, so that was kind of our gospel. So that'll be the next speaking series. We'll, we'll unpack the, the fall of man. I mean, that would be John Paul II did it in three years. Yeah. So 184 could, audiences. Yeah, I could do that. You could do oh, it. In no, four, well, right? we, as a community, we can do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, with that, it, it our first reading from Genesis encounters the original sin, the fall of Adam and Eve, the first people. And our second reading, St. Paul talks about how through one great act, sin and death entered the world, suffering. But by an even greater act, redemption happened. By mm. a single act, Christ reversed what Adam and Eve did. And this is we've, what we've broke open before, kind of typology, right? So Adam, the first man, and then the new man, the new Adam, Jesus. Adam sinned and brought condemnation to the world. Christ redeemed and brought salvation to the world. One, uh, one was disobedient. One was, and the other was obedient, even though he didn't want to be right. I yes. mean, you could argue based off of what his prayer is in the garden, mm -hmm. that his desire was to not be crucified and to suffer and do all of that. Mm -hmm. And yet thy will be done. Yeah. And then uh, they sinned by the, uh, by eating of the tree of good and evil from the wood of that tree, but also from the wood of the cross salvation mm -hmm. happened. In fact, some fathers say that, uh, where Christ was crucified is actually where Adam is buried. As because Calvary is the place of the skull, right? And, and that's why I, at a lot of depictions of the crucifixion and artwork, you'll see a skull at the bottom of the cross, mm -hmm. and that's Adam's. Ah, uh, okay. Right, and it's a hill. Yeah. Right, so it's the, the garden. And, okay. Yeah, again, we, another speaking series. We can, we can really get Or long. another episode. We we'll can save get that crazy for episode in the gravy with that 107. One. <laughs> That'll be episode 107. So, uh... <laughs> But in our gospel, uh, Christ encounters Satan himself. Or first, the, we can easily make the uh, connections. Christ, right after baptism, goes into the desert. Well, baptism frees us from slavery to sin. And just like in the Old Testament, the Israelites, the chosen people from God, were slaves to Pharaoh. They crossed through the Red Sea, i.e. baptism, and then they went 40 years into the desert to go into paradise. Right? So Christ is fulfilling the Israelite people in this one and pointing toward baptism. So Christ goes 40 days, 40 nights. Uh, they say 40 nights just to make sure that people know that he wasn't snacking at night. Mm -hmm. right? That's really, that's everything I've read said that's exactly why they said that. So 40 days, 40 nights, Christ goes into the desert. Christ goes into the desert to be tempted by Satan. And he says he's led by the Spirit. Look, after we are baptized, we will be tempted by Satan. And, and God allows this not so that we can fall, but that so we can shame the devil. This is because it shows God's power that a fallible, fallen human being, but with God's help, can even overcome Satan, mm. can even overcome sin and death when the Holy Spirit is with them. So Christ kind of gives that preface. Sure. Preface to temptation. We're baptized and we will encounter 
uh, temptation in our desert walking through life, but he overcomes that by, well, fasting. Fasting, this is part, this is the duty of every Christian, that we are called to pray and to fast in order to overcome our temptations. Just like what Jesus says in another gospel, uh, some demons can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Mm. And is that not what we're doing right now, right? I mean, there's that obvious, let's just name it, right? We're in the desert of Lent and we're being tempted, right? We're being tempted to give into the things that we've given up for Lent. We're being tempted to not take on more opportunity to pray and be in relationship. We're being tempted, yeah, right? And through the Holy Spirit, right? And I think, you know, as we grow in that, like those temptations hopefully help us become aware of where it is that we're tempted. And then begin Satan's attacks. Satan uh, kind of does this in three ways. Three temptations. The three uh, kind of, uh, man, there are so many connections with this three. It's kind of kind of hard to, and so I, I, I won't even address them. Yeah, you, <laughs> right got, you got mass to celebrate this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, the, uh, the, th- <laughs> well, the number three. Why are there three temptations sure. and not four, and why not one? Right? The, the church and, and her tradition and her faith has kind of, given a number of reasons on this. But in regards to that, the first is toward bodily sins, gluttony. Turn these uh, stones into bread Mm. if you're God. Well, those are the temptations of the flesh, bodily sins. Uh, These are the most common with people. And so just like an enemy storms a castle at the weakest point, so Satan first attacks Jesus at the weakest point of humanity. Uh, Sins of the flesh. Gluttony. Uh, Christ overcomes this by first referencing sacred scripture and then also not listening to anything Satan has to say by the mere fact that Satan said it. Because just like in my faith, I listen to God by the mere fact that God said it, I should also shame this Satan. Because the mere fact that Satan said it, I shouldn't mm. listen to anything he said, no matter what Man, it that, is. I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way before. Like mm-hmm. that's a real powerful image for me, and and just the the reality of like we know the voice of the enemy, right? Because there's angst, there's um, there's there's not peace, there's no joy, right? Like anytime we're we're listening to the voice of the enemy, we're being led into sin. Right. So to, to just not acknowledge that that voice and then begin to listen to the voice of the father. Right. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, Satan doesn't he doesn't show himself as he truly is. He, he always uh, portrays these temptations as something we want. It's always a lie, but it's mixed with a drop of truth. Right? That's why he uses sacred scripture, but he misuses it. Mm. And so it's always. A wolf, but in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, Christ overcomes these bodily temptations. And, and look, Adam and Eve, the first temptation, eat of the fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a bodily temptation. And then next, kind of toward envy. Or not, not envy, I'm sorry, the ego. Toward vainglory. Right? He brings Jesus up to a parapet, right? The, the holiest place in the world at the very tip top of it. Right, this is toward glory, this is toward vanity, vainglory. It's puffing up my ego. And uh, this could be 
what people struggle with if they overcome the sins of the body. That, oh, I don't sin with my body, and so I'm good. I'm, I'm actually uh, better than other people. I'm holier than other people. And look, that could very well be the case, but that's not for us to judge. That's for God. And so uh, Satan puffs up our ego. He brings us up. But the only reason why Satan brings us up is to cast us down. Mm. just like he was. Satan was cast down. And so he does the same thing with us. He puffs up uh, our ego uh, toward vainglory because we've overcome these initial sins toward the body, and now he attacks the spirit, which is higher. Right? And then finally, the final temptation is toward pride or ambition. Right? You can have all of these things, all of it, uh, superiority, honor, riches. And this plays on our pride because God has made us for greatness. The thing is, the greatness is in the next life, not in this one. That It's in this life that I unite my sufferings to Christ crucified. But in the next life, I'll be glorified and my greatness will be fulfilled. These desires that we have toward these things that we should, right? Uh, for honor, for respect, for glory. They'll be fulfilled in the next life, not in this one. And, that, and it puffs up my pride to where now it's, it's no longer I, I, uh, I commit sin, but it's the final step of sin. I take pride in my sin, mm. glory in it. I wear it as a badge on my sleeve. Uh, I rejoice in my sin. I tell other people about it. That's, uh, and so that's where Satan says, uh, if you but just bow down and, and worship me and adore me, all this can be yours. This one, Jesus does not tolerate at all. He says, be gone, Satan. Because the other ones were temptations towards humanity, but this one uh, towards God himself. Right? If you abandon God and worship Satan, I'll give you this. And Jesus does not tolerate that at all. He says, be gone from me. And so Jesus overcomes the three temptations. What are the, the side effects of victory over temptation? Well, the first, it says that Satan left him for a time. If we overcome our temptations in that heat of the moment, they do subside right? Satan does leave us alone, but not for the rest of our life, huh? Satan will come back. But for right then and there, Satan leaves, and angels ministered to Jesus. It doesn't say that angels came down, but angel, angels ministered to him, referring to that the angels never left them. So if you're listening to this and you've sinned before, I'm going to assume that there's at least one person listening who has done one that. of our three listeners, <clears throat> one of our three listeners. Um, when we give into the temptation, when we sin immediately, right in the heat of the moment, we may not even be thinking about the consequences of sin, right? Unfortunately, our minds clouded by the temptation, right? We give into it, but immediately we feel the disconnect, right? We feel it down in who we are, right? We know that we've just done something that has severed our relationship with God. We feel that, right? I love the image of the angels coming to minister him because when we overcome the temptation, 
right? Is that not what happens to us? We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, St. Paul says. And we in, have all of heaven rejoicing, yep. all the angels, all the saints, because one of their brothers, one of their sisters has overcome temptation. Mm. They are what a beautiful image. They are truly rejoicing because a child has, of God has remained in his grace. In Luke's gospel, chapter 15, um, we, we have all the repentant things. We have the prodigal son. We have the woman who loses the coins, right? Jesus says, and all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. Yes. Right. And is that not what Lent is about? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I guess we draw this episode 56 to a close, I think the invitation is, um, if it's been a while since you've been to the sacrament of reconciliation, right? Maybe you've given in to the temptations of Satan. Um, I want to encourage you to come home, right? Mm-hmm. Come and, and, and have your dignity restored. You are not your sin. You're not the sum of those failures. Pope John Paul II says, right? You are the sum of the father's love and he's waiting to rejoice with you and forgive you and restore you to who you are. Yeah. That God, I don't care what you say to yourself. God does not get tired of forgiving our sins. It's us who get tired of confessing. Mm. Right. And so we have confessions 30 minutes before every mass that we have. So just go to our website, check out the mass schedule 30 minutes before every mass. And then on Saturdays from three to four thirty to four thirty, I always get that time messed up. Yep. So from Saturdays from three to four thirty, And then I think Deacon Sammy said this morning at, at mass that on Wednesdays during Lent, we're going to have adoration in the church with an opportunity to go to confession on Wednesday so. nights. So check the bulletin, check the website for that specific information. I I think that's what I heard this morning. And then, of course, Father Poirier or Father Brady um, would be more than happy to accommodate your schedule, you know, um, if you want to reach out to the parish office and just schedule some time if none of those times work for you. Absolutely. This is a great episode. Yeah. First week week of Lent, uh, on to the second. Awesome. Well, um, we hope you all have enjoyed it. Be sure to share it with your friends like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice we look forward to seeing y'all this weekend at mass god bless god bless